Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. And with perfect timing, just after we've done the updates, the LMP2 leaders come in. Nick Dearman. Yeah, it's the 52, it's the, uh, the Wins car, it's the one that's. Uh, just been piloted by Nico Lapiel. He's got out. Alex Quinn, the uh, the young Brit's got in. It's a full service this this car. We're about to see a, a plethora of P2s. But behind him, one of the, I think the 52 cars with five cars is, is also in. Cars are absolutely filthy now, and that multicolored winds uh, paint scheme is uh, is looking rather dishevelled by the uh, detritus of the track. Fuel going in towards the end of this stop. Pulls it away. Gets away nicely. It's a good stop. You're going to see a load of these stops. I'm going to try and talk to Nicola Lapierre because I like him. Speaks highly of you, Nick, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Nick Damon down in the pit lane. Just a point on LMP2 and, and driver time. Of course, the LMP2 drivers, just like in LMP3 and GTD, have a minimum driver time, which is four and a half hours. Now, I think Francois Perodo in the number 88 AF course car will be getting quite close to completing that. And he's got some real guns in behind him in that car. He's a decent peddler, though. Oh, Francois, France, well. Francois is an excellent yeah. driver. However, he would, be, he would tell you right now that his, that his teammates, uh, particularly... Um, uh, particularly, I think it's uh, Alessio Rivera who's in with him, mm-hmm. um, who's an incredible driver. Uh, and th- you know the fact that they're running up in the top three at the moment, and they've they've got Francois' driving time complete, uh, gives them more options as they come into the fight as the sun comes up tomorrow. So, number 88 AF Corsa are in a very strong position uh, in uh, in that uh, LMP2 battle as well. But uh, leading the LMP2 battle as they came with that set of pit stops, it was the 52 wins car. Nico Lapierre, Nico, uh, another great double stint from you. Yeah, it was very nice out there. Um, it was almost uh, green for my two stints, so I really enjoyed it. The car is very good balance. I didn't have a chance to drive uh, so far, only a few laps. So it was good to be there. And uh, yeah, so far, super good job from my teammate. Uh, Ben Keating, I mean, we know he's, uh, he's the best bronze out there, so he did a good job. But also a very nice surprise with uh, Alex Keane. I mean, he's doing a very good job for his first time here. He's a very good kid. And Paul Lou as well is super strong. So we have a good lineup, we have a good car, but uh, the race is still very long. You've become kind of the expert LMP2 driver, haven't you? The last few years, it's so uh, if I want to win a race, I'll stick Nico Lapierre in. Yeah. It's true that I was lucky enough to be in good teams with good teammates and I won a lot of race in LMP2, but not this one yet, you know, so this is the mission uh, today and tomorrow. Big change in LMP2 for this race and of course we've had rolling changes in WEC. How, how do you find these cars and these, all these different specifications? Yeah, it's a bit tricky, you know, because now the main difference is that we lost a lot of power compared to the, the beginning of these cars. So. It's a bit of a shame, you know, as a driver, you always want more power and it makes our life a bit more difficult in the traffic to overtake LMP3s, even GT sometimes when we are on old tires, but in the end, it's the same for everyone, so we just try to do the best with what we have. 
It's, a, it's looking unfortunate like LMP2 might not be part of the WC and uh, for, for more than perhaps one more year. How, how do you feel about the fact that people that, that LMP2 is being abandoned as such by the governing bodies? Yeah, I mean, that's for a good reason, you know, it's because the top class is, is getting very busy and this is great. This is great for sports car. I was lucky enough to be at the time with Toyota, Porsche, Audi, Peugeot, and that was a great time. And we are coming back to this, this golden area for sports cars, so we must be very happy about this. And then, obviously, it has some consequences on the grid because the grid cannot expand and we have to accept this. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. obviously, yes, the expansion is fantastic. But I mean, I suppose people like Ben Keating, who want to run a prototype of bronze, where do they go to run? What can they race? Yeah, I mean, there is still uh, Le Mans. They say there will still be 15 spots available for Le Mans. Maybe here in IMSA, ELMS, ASEAN Le Mans Series. They are all great championship, but WEC will be focused more on the top class. And I mean, when we look today, uh, when we see all these beautiful cars, uh, it's great. I mean, I was waiting this for a very long time. It's great for the fans, first of all, great for the drivers, for the teams as well. So, no, I'm super pleased about uh, seeing this sports car, Golden Area, coming back. Great, so thank you, Adi. And that is uh, Nicolo Lopez from PR1 Matheson. I keep calling the wins team because I'm colour blinded. Uh, there's been some change in GTP, and luckily, up on the fifth floor, Jeremy's going to tell me what they are. Well, yeah, it, we've got a change for third position. Nick with Louis Delatraz getting past Dane Cameron. So the number 10, Konica Minolta Acura, up into third position again now at the expense of Dane Cameron's number six, uh, Penske Porsche. Delatraz has been, uh, yeah, with John Heidhoff was talking about a while ago. I mean, he was his absolute star last season. He just inched closer and closer to the Porsche over the course of the last 10 laps or so. Not much faster, but he's finally made that pass stick and up into third position. And also Scott Dixon, having served that drive-through penalty for hitting the, uh, well, for pulling away too soon from his last pit stop, has now uh, overhauled and overtaken Augusto Farfus in number 24 BMW. Meanwhile, Farfus is the gap between himself and the next Cadillac racing entry, the 0-2 car Earl Bamber, is coming down a little bit, but again, not by very much. It's interesting when you look at the absolute optimum pace uh, from some of the lap things we saw earlier in, in the race. You know, the Acura's the only cars that were able to dip into the 35s, mid-36s for the, the, the Cadillacs and the Porsches. The best lap of that uh, BMW was a 37.1. So there's, there's not the absolute blistering pace that certainly the Acras have been able to release, but they're running consistently, really just plowing away, keeping in that fight. Here's a question then that I'll, I'll pose to both of you. Uh, over the, the peninsula from where we are now in St. Pete is where we'll find Barry Cochinia, I think, is how we say that, Barry. Sorry if I've uh, uh, got that wrong. He says, do we think the Porsche is lurking waiting to strike, or do they just not have the pace to ma match the two Acuras? The, the Porsche drivers that I've spoken to, Peter, say they expected the car to come alive when it got cooler. Uh, it's still lurking around 66 Fahrenheit, 18, uh, 18, 19 degrees. It hasn't got cooler, and we're now coming up to 1 o'clock in the morning. Is, is there something left there? Is this typical Porsche biding their time? And 
patience, as we said, in, in case to the race? I, I think it's too early to tell, to be honest. I know that's me sitting on the fence a bit, but or a lot, but uh, I, I really do think it's too early to tell. I, this is absolutely a hanging-in-the-balance motor race. Acura, Cadillac, Porsche all have pretty much an equal chance of winning this. Maybe, maybe when we come into, if we get a lot of restarts towards the end of the race, that might be where the number 60 Acura Meyer-Shank racing team come come into the fore because they've been really, really good in, in those situations. Maybe that's what gives them that edge, but that's the only thing I could say that maybe sets one manufacturer apart from the other at this point. It's that close. 55's just going to take a penalty for uh, refueling too quickly. That's the second place LMP2 car from Proton competition. Jeremy, what we have seen is that when it needs to be, when it's fighting, the Acura, and particularly the number 60 Acura, the MSR car, is stunningly quick through traffic uh, and when in quote-unquote battle mode. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with Peter. I mean, I think I don't, I don't count out anybody from winning this race at the moment, but certainly the number 60 car has really shown its strengths, and it's really shown its strengths since taking the lead from Alexander Sims, because over the course of the last, uh, when did it take the lead? It took the lead 10 laps ago, uh, but for the first four or five laps, Alexander Sims was able to stay with Colin Brown. Now the gap all of a sudden has gone out to 13 seconds. Uh, and over the course of the last three or four laps, it did a couple of seconds a lap. So you, you talked about, uh, Peter McKay talked to earlier on about tyres potentially falling off the cliff or having not done so, uh, apparently, up until now. Maybe that is the problem that Alexander Sims is suddenly uh, experiencing out there because he is falling back rapidly from Colin Brown. Yeah, it could be. And I think it's also cementing the stellar performance that Colin Brown has delivered today at the, in the highest stakes, the highest stage. Colin Brown has stepped up to the plate and put every rewarded every bit of faith that's been put into him by the Marshank Racing Crew. Number 55, uh, Proton Competition LMP2 car serving a drive-through penalty just now uh, after a failure to adhere to the minimum fuel refueling time in the LMP2 class. That car driven at the moment by James Allen. Uh, the beautiful black and blue uh, oh. Coloured machine, well, so uh, and, and very much a, a, a taster of what's to come at Proton Competition. They're hugely well known with Porsche. Of course, they're involved in the WeatherTech Mercedes project also, uh, but they have a, a Porsche uh, two Porsche 963s on order, which will be uh, uh, coming uh, coming soon. They'll be. I wonder if you get with a race car that thing you get with a road car. We go. It's at the dock. It's on the ship. It's. Oh, it's a custom. I'm sure you can follow uh, it on my Porsche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you can follow, and, and it'll probably tell you what the tyre pressures are and how much fuel it's got in it as, as well. Uh, interesting uh, message from back in, the paddock area, the the guys in the my uh, the my shank racing, garage, not the pit, uh, are building up a rear end of that car, a spare rear end. Now, it may be that they just didn't have one built up, but they are building up a full rear end, gearbox and axle and diff for that car. I'm surprised they'd be doing that now rather than having done, having not done that uh, previously. Yes, me too. Um, I, I offer that only as information that is uh, happening uh, at the moment, so we'll keep an eye uh, on that. At Nimsa Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, it is 107.9 around the circuit. 
further afield. You can catch up with us flag to flag all the way through to 140 and beyond because we'll have our Michelin post-race tech and we'll be revealing our BDO Nose Strategy Award. We're keeping an, an eye and making notes to uh, award that towards the end of the race. And we're on uh, Sirius XM 207. If you're moving around, and if you're outside the US and uh, don't have a network TV deal, or if you're in the UK, which does have a network TV deal, but uh, you can still watch on the world feed, streaming at IMSA.TV or via the live video tab at IMSAradio.com. Just click the little hamburger on the top left. The live video tab is right there. 31 Cadillac in at Nick's end of the pit lane, Wheel yeah. and Engineering. And it is tyres for Alexander Sim, but he is staying on board, so it's fuel and tyres. So perhaps that rubber was horrible and rotten and not very lovely anymore, but uh, he's got a fresh set of boots. Uh, about to be, I said about to be released. My foot, of course, it is a, now a period of, of putting in virtual energy when you're not putting in actual energy because you've uh, still got the pipe connected. The uh, 25, which is the Long delayed BMW uh, LMDH car is just getting a full service well. Colton Hurst getting aboard that one. Bit of extra oil going into the massive five and a half litre V8 engine of the Cadillac, and that has gone away very efficiently. The 25, which now appears to have a bit of pace, that's the uh, slower BMW, uh, just getting out and having a slight tardy removal of its. Uh, one of its tear-offs. They're getting through a lot of tear-offs. I noticed this. It's obviously a very grubby track out there. We're just seeing a lot more tear-offs you would normally see. Fuel still going in where it goes. And, of course, uh, that car's slightly out of sync. The, the Wheeland car, not so much. So we're going to see a whole raft now of GTP change. I can see that the, uh, the Zero One Cadillac has its board on the ground waiting for that car to arrive. We'll come back to you in a second, Nick. Uh, a little bit early for the Acura, maybe just uh, uh, for the uh, number, 31, number car. 31 Cadillac, maybe just underlining what Nick was saying about the, the tyre troubles. Yeah, absolutely right. 27 laps only that stint uh, for Alexander Sims and clearly struggling there for lap times towards the end. So I think uh, the tyres, I, I would almost guarantee the tyres going off so much electric. Bring him in, let's get him on a fresh set of tyres and send him on his way again because you know, generally the Cadillacs do, are doing around, they can do about 30 laps on a stint, so coming in three laps early, I think that's probably before they needed to in terms of their energy uh, available to them. Still just a little bit warm, really, for those LTs. Uh, we had Jason Anzalone in, in the studio earlier on. He was saying 15 Celsius, and we still sitting at 18 in the air 19 on the track so maybe just a little bit warm peter for those slts yes we know how durable michelin r's but when you're michelin r but if you're trying to double stint them i don't know I'll, I'll come back to you in a moment on that because we've got the yellow fronted cadillac which is the zero one cadillac racing car with me Yep, Scott Dixon also staying aboard, so it's uh, perhaps slightly longer stint into the night, so your rotation gets a longer rest. Uh, this car is getting 
Uh, it's a it seems they've got left side tyres only. And they've changed, they've changed the serial. I think they're leaning in and getting the uh, data stick, I think. Uh, but the key point is, it's got a new left front. It hasn't got a new right front. Uh, I think it's weird to take, very weird to take left side, isn't it? Because the, the wear is the right side normally. Off they go. The gaffer tape is on the front, but that's actually, um, that's masking off air intakes for the brakes. So that's uh, uh, a, the basic crudest, how, how do you measure the brake temperature? We can mask off some of the, uh, the vintage. Now, I'm pretty sure, John, that took left side only, which is a weird side to take, I think, given we're on a, a uh, right-hand turning uh, oval. But So left-hand turning ovals, we put pressure on the right tyres, but what do I know? And that, that was also only a 27-lap stint for the zero uh, one uh, Cadillac. Interesting. I would expect Colin Brown to stay out there several more laps. Last time around, the number 31 car and the number 01 car pitted on the same lap, lap 343. Number 6, number 10, number 24, and number 02 come in one lap after them. And then number 60 car came in one lap after that. So this time around, the number 01 car has gone uh, uh, 20, oh, 28 laps, I guess it would be. My maths not particularly good at this stage in the game, but uh, still, yeah, you know, a, a lap or two earlier than I would have anticipated. Interesting. It, there, this is where the little bit went. Well, the, are we at a maybe a, yes. a a point where the teams are tr still trying to figure out what uh, the tyres are going to do? Do they go for the low temperature tyre? Do they not? I mean, if you don't use up your low temperature allocation, are you then going to be not have enough high temperature tyres for later? Do you have to just accept? You've got to get rid of the low temperature tyres right now because it's not going to get much cooler. All permutations that, that could be the difference between winning and losing this race or at least putting yourself in an optimum position because if we have a, a warm day tomorrow, you want those high temperature tyres. You want plenty of them for the for the run to the flag. So are, uh, you know, are Meyer Shank racing, are they, are they using up the, the juicy bits of their tyre allocation and then at a disadvantage uh, at lunchtime tomorrow, we really don't know that. We can only uh, we can only really speculate. As uh, Colin Brown flashing the lights at one of the Cadillacs in front, is uh, Nick Damon has a couple of Porsches uh, yeah. in front of him. Yeah, they come in in unison, and the seven effectively, which goes in towards pit out, was sort of blocked by the six that was just ahead of it. Now, hopefully, the six, which is of course the car that's in competition with the seven's on catch up. Uh, will not be blocked by the seven as it comes out. It's a standard stop. I think there are tyres going on the seven. I'm not so sure about the six. They're actually looking at tyres on the six. I think there are some tyres. It's, uh, it's a long way away, uh, and there's a vast number of uh, people standing where they have had to uh, re-rotate the, uh, the six. No, I think the six didn't take tyres. I think the six didn't take tyres. The tyres, I think, were on the seven. It's just ahead of it. The six lost a little bit of time being uh, angled uh, better out, so they've obviously stayed on those opposite strategies there, even though the seven's on catch-up. Uh, we're expecting both the ten and the two, that's the uh, uh, Conor Alta uh, Acura, and the Chikadassi uh, uh, number two, the blue car, and the first one of those to sweep in is indeed the Acura on the ten. Let's see what that's going to get. He's getting some tyres. There's a man with a tyre in his hand. Um, that was a that was a sequel to the man with the child in his eyes, uh, John. Uh, just to 
note that we have the AWA number 13, the Orlando-sponsored car, going back to its garage. And there's a bit of contact in turn one last time around as Earl Bamba is desperately trying to stay uh, in front of the leader at the moment. And I'm not sure he's going to be able to do it in the 0-2 car. No, the pace of Colin Brown and that uh, RX-06 too much for the Kiwi in the Cadillac and the 0-2 falls off the lead lap just three cars now on the lead lap at the head of the field let's go back down to Nick to finish yeah. off that report so the, the Colin of Northern 10 car uh, full service uh, tyres and uh, Oops, just when you get the O2 there. Uh, tires and fuel, but no driver. The O2 stops now. This is also going to be, uh, this is fuel only for the blue Cadillac. Uh, fuel plus a top up on something on the, uh, it's one of those little kind of fire extinguisher. So it's got two of them actually, sort of fire extinguisher sized liquid refuels, and the drinks are getting young. Uh, it's had a bit of a, it's had some scuffage at the front of the car. The front dive plane on the right-hand side is slightly awry. You've got uh, a kind of a, this looks like a, like a, like a like the, sort of the axle, well, it's literally the whole way down. They have scuffed the whole side. It's like, you know, it's like when you, you get a bit, a bit too close to, to a car in a parking space. It's like it's scraped the entire car down. It's done every single panel. The, the mechanic's gonna be going, we're whistling through his teeth on that one. The damage itself, not too bad, as, he, as I noticed the 24 BMW, the uh, fastest car also has made a full service. The damage is not too bad, but it has misaligned the dive plane at the front on the right, and that will have an uh, error effect. My guess is now they've seen it, John, they'll change it next time. I, I think that might have happened, Peter, in, in that side-by-side -side contact with the Colin Brown car. Yes, it did. Yeah, um, the El Bamber was defending the inside line coming into turn one. Of course, they're braking from 200 miles an hour there, so it's seriously fast. And Co you know, Earl was holding a firm line, and Colin just went straight to the outside, and uh, they they put close, and and they made contact uh, as they were coming into the final part of the braking zone, and they, they both carried on. But uh, at what uh, at what cost, if, if, if any? Nick Damon is watching the leader in the pit lane. Now, there's been a bit of activity in their garage. The X-Track rap was there talking, presumably back to base on the phone as they were building up a rear end. No time in the race to do that. Nick Damon, any stressed looks well, on the is, faces? Well, no, this is absolutely full serve. You've got four tyres, you've got fuel and a change of drivers. So, uh, Colin Brown has got out and uh, Brown's got out and uh, Simon Pagino's got in. Um, now, looking on the left-hand side of the car, which would obviously would interface with the right-hand side of the Cadillac, that looks pretty clear, actually. So I don't, I don't think, I don't think the Cadillac uh, is the core. Well, this, I don't think this car, the Acura, is the cause of the Cadillac scuffage. So it's 31 laps they've done. I'm going to go and CSI in the uh, in the garage now, John. Thank you very much, Nick. There was definitely some coming together. Um, but if there's no damage on the left, I, I wonder if Bamba's just been up against the wall gently. We we saw the cat, the Acura doing that earlier on, and uh, just grazing the wing end plate. Colin Brown. Well, Colin Brown knows how to drive fast around here. Um, with, well, with MSI, he's got the the speed record around here. What did she say it was? Something ridiculous, 231 miles an hour or something. Goodness. 
Well, we can we can ask. He's just jumped out the car, um, so yeah. we can ask him uh, what the what the score was there. Hopefully, Colin uh, Simon Pagino is now on board the number sixty Acura as the Marshall team really are cycling through their driver lineup. It was Tom Blunkfist who started the race. Colin jumping in after that, and uh, Simon Pagino third in the queue, and uh, Elio Castroneves fourth in that uh, very high-profile cycle of top-line drivers. Nick Damon has uh, sauntered, sashayed around... Strode. Uh, has strode, <laughs> have you? OK. Uh, around to the MSR garage. Now, I saw somebody with an X-Track fleece on earlier on with a, a phone in his hand. Still there. Um, right. Has he still got the phone in his hand? No, he's not. He's here. off the phone now. Right. He's off the phone. He's stopped ordering the, uh, the takeaway pizza. What... That looked to me very much like a, a, a transaxle, gearbox and transaxle. Yeah, it's just, it is literally a, a, uh, a semi-dressed gearbox. Um, but it hasn't got the drive shafts in, and it hasn't got the uh, uprights attached. It has got the wishbones on. Um, so it's not a, a fit, it's not a fit and forget part. Go on, Nick, ask somebody what they're doing that for at this oh, time. I, don't know, the road. I can't think anyone's going to answer my question, to be honest. Well, go on. Just ask one of the mechanics, excuse me. Just, just a spare? Yeah, it's just a spare. Why are you building it up now? We're not early in the week. Is it, uh, not, it's not time to build a spare, though. I mean, is, is, is it to be used for some testing later? Because it's like, it's called midnight. It's a midnight gearbox build-up. We like to challenge ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks for that, anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah there's, uh, uh, who knows, to be honest. I mean, it is... Well done, Nick. They are having a bit of a look about it. But I, I'm, I'm just wondering uh, there's, whether they actually want to get a piece off it rather than ah. the whole thing. That's a very good observation. And maybe that's why the extract guy was on there yeah. on the phone back to base. If we want COG 72 out of this, do we have to take the full cluster out? Well, don't we forget, you've, out you've also got all the mounts for the, 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 the suspension and everything else as they want these days. It's, it's being, it is being more assembled than disassembled, but I, I think beyond that, it's hard to tell. But it is a rather odd thing to do at quarter past midnight. Yeah, uh, but you know, everyone needs a hobby, and perhaps that's their hobby is is dressing gearboxes at weird times of the day. I'm sure there's a club somewhere in the world that has that. There'll be, you know, there'll be a Facebook <laughs> group for it somewhere. Absolutely, Thank you. 100. See if you can go and find Colin Brown now before he disappears. Alan Prosser says if some cars can triple stint the harder tyres, are the tyres and wheels the same size front and back? No, they're not, uh, Alan, and neither are they interchangeable. They're, they're they're actually constructed differently. To the fronts and the backs have to do different things. They're not all-wheel drive cars either. Um, so you've got uh, extreme pressure. Uh, as Jason was telling us earlier on from, um, from Michelin, an awful lot of pressure going on the back wheels with effectively getting on for 700 horsepower, uh, Peter, when everything is running together. That's right. And with that extreme torque that you get early on from the electric motor, those rear Michelin tyres are working very hard indeed. Oh, hugely so. Yeah, hugely so. I mean, Conrad uh, uh, Di Felipe commented in an interview a while ago uh, about the, just the sheer power delivery of... Um, if you take the BMW, for example, it's a XDTM Class 1 engine, a, a petrol V8 with turbocharging added. And no matter how good turbocharging is, you're, there always is going to be a little bit of lag. Well, that lag is filled with the the, uh, the electric motor, so you get instant instant torque and loads of it <laughs> all, all, all at once. Um, 
and that is something for the driver to manage with their right foot but also the tires to be able to put up with it uh, as well a bit more information from nick damon well it's a bit more information from our friends at daily sports car apparently uh maya shank are worried about a faulty seal in the gearbox and they are looking at prepping something up so apparently that is that is the rumour that's doing the round. They have issues with a faulty seal, which obviously would, would show itself by weepage around the gearbox area. Okay, thank you very much indeed. A couple of questions about drivers competing their minimum time. Well, we can see that Sheena Monk has her minimum drive time, four and a half hours completed for Gradient Racing. Uh, Magnus Racing getting close to that as well. We don't have that on the Alcamel. Uh, timing and uh, but I've been keeping an eye on that and if they haven't done it they're very close to it uh, Dale and she's not Sheena Monk has not just completed her drive time she's over delivered I would yep. say her, her uh, considering very she's impressive. not by to my knowledge has not raced with top level prototypes racing around her nope. I mean it's all very well having time in a, in a test or in an all GT3 race, but to have, you know, Scott Dixon, Dane Cameron, and Simon Pagano coming careering past you in these rocket ship prototypes, that requires serious patience. But we had um, Declan from Gradient Racing with us earlier saying that they've got some superb spotters. He says yeah. the spotters are oh, gold dust for them at the moment. Um, they're really helping with every driver in the car. And they've definitely front loaded, um, you know, they've got, got Sheena's drive time done. Uh, and she's over-delivered, and then, of course, they've got Mario Farnbacher waiting, ready to crack his knuckles and, and have a go. Catherine, as well, who's very, who's won Watkins Glen six hour in the Acura. Sure, she's delighted to be back in the Acura again. And uh, yeah, so don't write off those uh, those gradient boys and girls. Sheena, of course, is uh, is running GT4 as the top class in mixed category, but this is the first time that she's uh, been in a GT3 car in anger and has done very well indeed. Uh, Nick Damon has found Colin Brown, so maybe we could find out from Colin about that side-by-side -side contact with the number 31. Colin, it's, uh, you've got a very quick car, but it's, it's quite fighty out there, isn't it? They're not, no one's really giving up a position, even though we're only halfway through. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, I guess that's what happens when you line race cars up. And give them to racing drivers. You know, we all want to uh, we all want to go fast and, and fight. So, yeah, it's going well so far. You know, really proud of these guys at uh, Meyer Shank. I mean, they've been working so hard on this car, getting it ready. And um, you know, obviously, Acura HPD has a has a really fast car, and and been doing good pit stops and just kind of following our plan and rhythm. So, um, yeah, it's going well so far. Yeah, we came up to lap the 31. That was quite close for comfort, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit of a race there, wasn't it? Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's great fun to be out there, and you know, I've really enjoyed the uh, the traffic aspect for sure. It's fun, you know, dicing and slicing with the P3s and GTDs and all that. Uh, you know, and figuring out this car, it's a bit it's a bit different than you know. For me, I did DPI in 2018, 2019, and then you know P2 and P3. So, been in the prototypes for a while now, but certainly the way that this car makes speed and passes the GTs and the P other prototype cars is, is quite a bit different so trying to figure out that interaction uh, you know while saving some fuel saving some tire and all that it's uh, it's quite busy one of these we're hearing about how fast these cars are in the straight line but of course you've got the speed record here haven't you 
could come back and trim one of these out, shouldn't you? I don't know, man. That uh, that speed record was awesome. Super proud to have that still. Uh, but, and it was a bit scary. How much was it? It's like 229 miles an hour average around the banking. And so that was a big, you know, I was, that was fast. And every time uh, I see Mr. France, I'm always like, we still got it, right? And he goes, yep, yep, for sure. And I'm like, man, I don't want to have to go do that again. So I hope we can keep holding it on. It's uh, That was scarier than I thought it was going to be. It's great to see you in a, in a full works drive. I mean, how did you get the call for this drive? Yeah, so I would say, uh, you know, Mike Shank and I have known each other for quite a long time. I raced for him uh, at Daytona 24 when I was a factory Ford guy. Uh, and then obviously did the speed run. We've always just stayed in touch and, and been in contact. And and uh, this opportunity came up, did a, did a couple tests for him, kind of kind of see how I would fit in. And uh, yeah, and then it all worked out. Um, you know, closed a, a really good <clears throat> chapter with, with Core Autosport. Was with those guys for 10 years. And, uh, you know, my co-driver, John Bennett, decided he was getting towards the end of, uh, of driving at that level. So he said, hey, go and jump at that opportunity. So um, all the timing worked out. We wrapped up that championship and came over here. So couldn't be better. It's going well. Have you got, have you got a decent sleep now? You've got, what, four or five hours? You're back in again? Yeah, I got a yeah, probably a four four and a half hours sleep. Uh, so I'll try to sleep fast and get back out here. Well, just tell you more. Thanks, Colin. Thank you. Yeah, he does everything fast apparently, so he can ah. sleep fast as well. The hoodless wonder, <laughs> the ninety three. It's the racer's edge car in the pit lane, taking up the lakeside hospitality area. I noticed they've got the. Uh, no, it's a racer's group, my apologies. It's a racer's edge car. Accurate for the long distance races only. Haven't replaced that hood. It did get run over actually on the back straight. So uh, I'm not sure that it would go back on to the front of that car. Um, but they're back out again. You know, it might be a new hood, I think, uh, at some point. Uh, maybe the next yellow flag. Uh, um, now, just a bit of news coming in. Um, uh, Jeremy's sources have been working hard for him. Uh, the Rizzi Ferrari, Alessandro Perchini, complained of a vibration. So the team had to go to the garage just before 11 o'clock. So it's about two hours ago. The Rizzi crew replaced the floor. Um, they had some screws holding flooring broke and caused a vibration. Ah. They're not really sure why, but this is, quite, this is obviously a brand new car, the 296 uh, GT3. So it could be stuff to do with the banking, the aero, they're not really sure. Lost 18 laps, 37 minutes for that. But uh, they're, getting, they're they're cracking on and they're, uh, they're out on track at the moment with uh, James Collado, the Briton at the, the wheel. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm sure getting some very strong in, uh, data for uh, for that car for, for future. They'll and be back. Andretti out uh, on out of the pits for Dakota Dickerson in the number 36 Leisure with a very distracting waving headlights something's come adrift on the right hand side of that car and it has what almost looks like you know terrain following headlights uh, i think i would find that rather distracting to me it's one of the things i normally turn off on new cars so i don't like the way going around the corner interestingly on my bmw motorbike i love it when you tilt over it stays when you accelerate oh. a brake or when you tilt over, it, it stays straight. It uses a gimbal and a, a, a reflective mirror. I don't like it so much on cars. They're getting better. That it, it doesn't 
if it's smooth, it doesn't distract you so much. So I might have to do that. It's coming in, uh, car 36. Uh, and no, no, that's Otis, a 43. Oh, sorry, they're, no, they're no. very similarly coloured. That's caught me out before. Yeah. <laughs> MRS GT. MRS GT, rather, yes. From the lead, Sebastian Alvarez uh, coming in. Had a spin on his outlap, but not the only person who's done that. Off the track, or spin on the outlap, is probably the thing we've said the most in the preceding uh, 12 hours. 11 hours and 40 minutes or thereabouts Alvarez out throws his oh. nice throw a with his seat yeah six runs yeah there the, yeah. That, that was Three I tell you what you that, can, mate, High, Highland uh, Highland game shot put get whoever it's Sebastian Alvarez he's just piked his seat in there about halfway over towards Lake Lloyd there uh, in, uh, it's amazing that they're just so full of adrenaline the drivers they jump out and they're getting rid of their seat in there it's amazing the uh, the strength they muster from, from that but uh, driver change complete Sebastian all back up over the wall now uh, the battle it's almost as if we're having a battle between all of the GTD cars, the GTD Pro, but it's almost like, who's going to win? Is it going to be a GTD or is it going to be a GTD Pro? It's a different narrative. And well, the McLaren is leading GTD overall and only 1.7 seconds behind the Pro-class Aston Martin of Ross Gunn. It's great. In our Porsche case, the race, I did say, we'll get to the last three or four hours and it will just be a GT race. Yes. Because it will be all pros in Correct. those cars. Yeah. And it'll on. be down to who's got tyres and who's got drive time from their fastest driver. And I, I think we're already seeing down on the pit lane, people will be adjusting their strategies. The Inception McLaren, which is going very well indeed and leading the GT category, is putting a lap on the BMW of Corey Lewis, back with Paul Miller Racing. So they're gonna drop another lap away there, two laps now off the lead in GTD but obviously we'll use any cautions, be mellow in the yellow we said, work the cautions in Porsche keys to the race and remember in GTP the low temperature tyres can only be used till 8 o'clock in the morning so they've got 7.5 hours to use those tyres although it's not getting any colder 64 all around track and air in Fahrenheit that's 18 Celsius it's a good 3 Celsius warmer than the optimum temperature for those uh, LT low temperature tyres Pagano carving his way back through the infield and heading towards uh, the back of a gaggle of GT cars which includes the caught-off Mercedes, which he passes into the kink. Then it's the Inception McLaren. So that's first and second in GTD. He's battling with at the moment at the West Western Horseshoe. Oh, flash of the lights. Oh, nice driving by Marvin Kirchhofer. Looked like he was going on the racing line, and then he just held his line in the middle of the road. As Pagino went through, Pagino's already had a bit of a kerfuffle and got a warning for it as well, let's not forget. He had uh, an incident with John Ferrano 
down at the west end of the infield. Pit lane caller just leaving. No, just coming in. No, I'll say that again. Just going out. The number 64, TGM Aston Martin. And that car has had uh, its problems. Matt Plum's taking that car out. Uh, they've done 3.55 to... Well, they're only two laps off the lead as well, actually. He's a decent lap coming in from Mark Sorensen in the number 27 heart of racing, Aston Martin, Peter. As he uh, is striving to get back on terms with uh, Maxi Gort and Marvin Kirchhofer at the front of the GTD field. Yeah, it certainly is, Marco Sorensen. And this is the thing that comes, uh, absolutely makes your point, John, about GTD. Oh, car off. It's the, it's the right Porsche. Car number 16 uh, with Zachary Robichon on board on an outlap off yeah. at the International Horseshoe. If you oh. haven't got that one in your bingo card, you should by now. Um, it, nearly every car in the field has had that issue. But uh, Zachary um, is, of course, winner in that car last year for the Rolex 24. And uh, it's as we've we've talked about at length here on IMSA Radio over the week, it's not been a an easy debut for the Porsche 992 GT3R. Um, just uh, not got the straight line speed, it appears, uh, but that could well adjust uh, in time for, for the Sebring 12 hours in six weeks or so, or indeed deeper into the season. However, for the last year's GTD Pro champions, FAF Porsche, they all hope to defend that title, and we have a long season of IMSA uh, WeatherTech Championship Racing and at the moment Faf Porsche I haven't seen them on the first page of the time screen all week uh, neither any of the Porsches really it's just been that tough a week for them however they are in fifth in GTD Pro at the moment of course they get points for where they are in their class and at the moment they're sort of mid-pack in their class if they could get in I think Jeremy if they could get in there in the top five in GTD Pro which is I know what not what they come for but if they can kind of get out of here with that, I think actually this morning they might have taken that in the circumstances. Maybe. Absolutely, yeah, that's the mindset. I mean, they, yeah. they know with the, the way that balance of performance is set at the moment uh, that, uh, you yeah, the, the, and that's to be expected with a brand new car, perhaps. Yeah, and and it it's is. so close yeah. amongst the other manufacturers, it's just really hard to, uh, you know, to, to overcome that. Um, and yeah, they, they certainly have been lacking some pace, but uh, yeah, the best of the of the of the Porsches is that Faf car and, and it's it's quite some way ahead of everybody else as you say that, I think that's probably been the only car that's on the front uh, the the first page of the uh, of the timing system here uh, in second place in the Porsche class so to speak would be the number 16 Wright Motorsports Porsche that's completed it's just done a 356 stop. laps so it, yeah, it's only a, a lap, maybe a lap and a half, maybe two laps behind. But uh, you know, it, we're, we're almost halfway through the race. It's 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 a it's a GTD Indeed. car. So yeah, there's yeah, a, there's yeah. A mix well, there's of only drivers. one there's only one GTD Pro car. Yes, yeah, that's correct. So uh, the, the, that's Fav can guarantee themselves as top GTD Pro yeah. Porsche. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but they're they're forging on, and and Fav Motorsport they've really. 
the rate of progression in the IMSA WeatherTech Championship is quite remarkable, uh, what they've achieved in the last few years. Uh, um, they don't necessarily have the same amount of, of uh, you know, decades of experience as some of the other teams might do. And, uh, yeah, they've, they've really put themselves as one of the top teams in the last couple of years. So Simon Pagino leads the motor race by 18.5 seconds for Meyer Shank Acura after taking off, taking over from Colin Brown, who we spoke with uh, a few moments ago. Uh, let's go down to the pit lane where there's a problem for the P2 leading number 88 AF Corsa. Uh, actually, it was the 52 car which was oh, leading sorry, uh, when it came to the pits. Uh, the PR1 Matheson, that car has just left, but it's been in the pits for a couple of minutes. And I was just walking up to find that they were having a very big investigation into the driver's side of the car. It was uh, so long in the pits that the 55, which is in the Proton car, which if you remember served a drive-through during the previous stint, came in, did its whole service and left before the, uh, the uh, Matheson car had. So that's not good. They lost at least, I'd say, a minute and a half, perhaps two minutes um, on that stop. Very much indeed. Quick uh, note. Fifth position now in GTD Pro for Patrick Peely in the FAF number nine Porsche GT2. That car lost a, a lap early on to the leaders in class. They've been using the uh, using the yellows to keep on the lead lap, they don't have the pace. They didn't do a lot of practice in qualifying, trying to save the car. But fifth position so far in GTD Pro. As the number eight AF Corsa, number 88 AF Corsa comes into the pit lane. I think it's a little bit further down, so we'll keep an eye on this one. Also joined in the pit lane by the remaining TDS car, the number 35, the number 11 bit the dust earlier on. That looks like fuel only for that car. They're yep. checking tyres and cleaning out ducts for the 88 AF Corsa. It will be a set of tyres for the 35 LMP2, that being the uh, TDS car. That's the one with the red on the top and the yellow underneath. High-class racing is heading out down the pit lane as well. Oh, that's me looking at me through with binoculars at this, this on the screen in front of me. That was a decent takeoff. Superb, yeah, using it's all 9. the... 9.5 for <laughs> artistic impression. Very yeah. good. I still think uh, Tommy Milner's birthday burnout uh, was uh, is oh, yeah. top so far, but I think they, they appear to have an internal competition going on in the number three Corvette to see who can create the most smoke and leave the longest uh, dark lines down the pit lane and it's it's a very closely contested competition so far between yeah. Tommy Jordan and Antonio yeah it should be an expensive <laughs> dinner on the on the tap on the line for that one uh, yeah whether 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 it gets dinner paid for them yes absolutely absolutely so the uh, number 70 Inception McLaren coming back to the point on on GTD you know a lot of the GTD teams are you know, getting their less experienced drivers driving time out the way. And you look at all of the front-running GTD teams, they all have an absolute superstar in their car who would easily, you know, fit into a GTD Pro lineup. So effectively, as you rightly say, John, it just becomes one big GT race in the last few hours. Uh, and I, I think that's how the 
GTD guys are looking at it. Yeah, rightly so. We had GTD winning at Motul Patil Amon in the shape of Gradient. Now that was a little bit different because there was a, a slight oddity with one of the safety cars in the GTD field. Uh, got the better part of a lap on the GTD profile, but even so, they had to hold on to that for the latter part of the race, and they did. Good battle for the lead in GTD. Maxi Gutt and Marvin Kerkhofer just a couple of tenths between the Mercedes and the number 70 Inception McLaren. Michelin uh, Endurance Cup points are coming up uh, oh, yeah, in point. five minutes. Uh, and the halfway point of the race is coming up in five minutes. Um, so that could that could play a little bit of funkiness into the strategy. Well, yeah, they'll, they'll have already played those cards a little while they've, ago. They, they've played their cards yeah. and we'll see how they go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they've played the cards they've been dealt. Um, so the, those points awarded at 12 hours to go, the halfway point of the 61st. Rolex 24 hour is breezed by, gentlemen. Uh, it's been yeah. superb. Uh, I, I, amongst the GTP ranks, I wouldn't expect uh, any uh, any changes in the order, at least in terms of uh, pit stops, before the halfway point in the race. So I think it's uh, quite likely that uh, we'll stay as we are now, all things remaining equal. Yeah, well, the Meyershank Racing, the leaders of the race, they'll be hoping, please... <laughs> Please, no yellows or anything like that, so they can bag some points for the Michelin Endurance Cup. Of course, winners of the InterWeatherTech Championship last year in the top class. Winners of the Rolex 24. Look at what Meyershank have done over the last few years, because winning the Indianapolis 500 and the Rolex 24 in the, in the same year, quite uh, uh, or back-to-back, -back, quite uh, remarkable. As uh, Rick, we're racing mechanics, uh, doing some yoga. Uh, to or something of that sort to uh, keep limbered up ready for the the next pit stop for that crew uh, the 51 car in fact just just gone out actually eric lux taking that uh, orica lmp207 out and going into turn one at, at the moment yeah and still five or six cars on the lead lap in uh, lmp2 it's that's amazing number 55 car that leads away at the moment after that oh, recent round of fire. pit stops. Number 43, MRS GT LMP3 is fire pouring that, out the back of the engine. That's a proper, that's an outlap, oh. I think, for that car, is it? No, no. I don't think so. Daniel Frost at the wheel. Hopefully, the Daniel, hopefully Daniel can get out that car because there's a pretty, pretty significant fire at the back of it. This will bring out a yellow, I think, to allow the safety vehicles to get there. Quite black smoke coming from that car now from the left rear of that car through the Le Mans chicane is where it started it was already I wonder if that's coming from the exhaust area and they've, they've got some debris under there that oh, it's a, and a, under the brake disc as well that's significant uh, he's pulled off on the turns uh, the bank for turns three and four we have gone full course yellow uh, just before half distance to allow the safety teams to scramble to that car. And that, would, that would probably mean the Michelin Endurance uh, Cup points would kind of be as they'll they be are frozen. right now. It kind yeah. of frozen, yeah. yeah, that's the right word. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're close enough now that it, the, 
the won't pits won't be opened yeah. before yeah. that. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. We might as well take the opportunity then with a full course caution out to do a slightly early uh, VP official coolant of IMSA in race rundown. He's stay frosty, of course. Starting from the top. Simon Paginot leads. It'll all be behind the safety car. 393 laps for the leading prototypes. Second, the Cadillac number 31 of Wheel and Engineering. That's Alexander Sims. Louis Delitraz behind the wheel of the Conningham and Nolga Acura in third. Fourth, the Porsche number six of Dean Cameron. It's going to close everything up again, isn't it? How many do we reckon on the lead lap now? Just the top four, Jeremy? Or just no, the top no, three? no, six, I think. I think oh, uh, right. I think the BMW uh, has fallen off uh, the well, lead. They'll get it, if they play this right, they'll get a lead. They might get a lap back here if everybody else stops. They go around. Is, is Bamber off the lead lap as well, perhaps? Okay, see how it works out. In LMP2. James Allen is leading. Not that one, before anybody says. Uh, that is the Proton Competition car from the 52. PR1 Matheson, Paul Sitting wins car. It's Alex Quinn behind the wheel there. Nicholas Nielsen in third for AF Corsa. Then Schopfenheitert for TDS. In LMP3, it's still Sean Creech. That ongoing battle between oh. Sean Creech Motorsport and AWA, that's been one of the battles of the race for me in LMP3. Uh, just pitting Dakota Dickerson. Now, did he get in before the yellow flag came out in the 36 Andretti do uh, Ligier? GTD, it's a pro car that leads. Ross Gunn in the Aston Martin Vantage, number 23 of Heart of Racing. Then that great battle between Kortoff's Mercedes with Maxi Gertin and Mar Marvin Kirkhoff are driving the wheels off the McLaren at the moment. Really good stint for Marvin in the number 70 car. Marcus Sorensen in the 27, the standard GTD version of Heart of Racing. Then fifth of the GT cars, but fourth in class. Still, Daniel Morad glued to the seat of the number 57 Winwood car. The other GT Pro machines uh, in second, it's the WeatherTech car. That's Morrow Engel behind the wheel. In third, the Lexus of Ben Barnicourt, the number 14. Fourth, Andrea Calderelli in the number 63 Lamborghini. Uh, that being the Iron Lynx car. And fifth, as we were mentioning earlier on, Patrick Peele in the leading Porsche. That's the Faf Plaid Porsche. That is the official coolant of IMSA in-race update. VP Fuel, Steve Frosty, the leader, Simon Paginot, behind the safety car, 393 laps completed, and we're into the second half of the race.